Um, we are in a series called Dancing with the Stars, three-part series. Last week, we talked about, um, and we're connecting this whole thing with learning to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. That was our key scripture last, uh, for the whole series is let us stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And what I explained to you last week was um, when, when, when Jesus left the planet, he told the disciples, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to send to you the comfort of the counselor. Uh, we see in scripture that from the very beginning, God the Father had planned on sending the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, to lead us and to guide us and to pour him out upon humanity as those of us who would receive him. And so I've been teaching you that the issue with sin, it's not about trying to be good and not be bad. Where most people miss it is you don't understand there is a person called the Holy Spirit who wants to lead you and guide you and strengthen you and help you be the man or woman of God that God intended you to be. And so the whole key component of being a Christian is less about trying not to be bad and much more about coming in step with the Holy Spirit. And so we've illustrated that with dancing. And, you know, uh, most of you, you can tell the playoff of Dancing with the Stars and how they, uh, it's amazing to watch that reality show, how these guys who cannot dance get with a professional dancer. And then for the next few weeks, they learn to dance and learn to come in step with each other. And as they start, they're tripping all over uh, themselves and things like that. And so this whole series is about you and I learning to dance or come into step with the Holy Spirit. So last week we were talking about who is he, who is he not, And if you didn't get to be a part of that, you need to go back and listen to that podcast. It'll change your life forever. But we came down back to the conclusion of the scripture that the Holy Spirit is the person, the third person in the the Trinity or the Godhead. And the Holy Spirit is a person with real emotions, real feelings. And and he is here to lead us and to guide us, to comfort us. And most people have misrepresented, excuse me, have seen him misrepresented in our society. And so as a result, we have these awkwardness to him. And we were talking about how to overcome that awkwardness by knowing him and coming close to him. Today, we're going to move into how to, how to follow him, how, how to, how, the leading of the Holy Spirit, how to let the Holy Spirit lead us. That is a difficult task, and I would admit it's the most difficult part of my Christian walk. Uh, it has been the most difficult thing for me. I am a type A personality. I walk into the room and already know what I want to do, why I want to do it, and how I want to do it. I, I walk into relationships knowing whether I like you or don't. The mo- no, I'm just kidding. I, walk, I, I have this type A personality, and as a result, to follow someone else is a very difficult task, especially the person of the Holy Spirit and to, uh, that I can't see, but yet I can hear and sense. It's been a great journey point for me, and I would say miracles are the result in my life of me learning to walk with him or Follow him, if you will. So our key scripture for today's teaching is found in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. It says, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans 8, 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Would you read it with me one more time? Verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are are sons of God. Therefore, if you're not led by the Spirit of the Lord, if the Spirit of the Lord cannot lead you, then you're not a son or daughter of the Most High. Those who are led by the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, are sons and daughters of God. Father, I pray over the next couple minutes that you'd help me articulate exactly what you want your sons and daughters to learn. Lord, to know your precious gift, the person of the Holy Spirit, active and vibrant in our lives, and teach us how to know him and to understand his leadings and understand his direction in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Each and every one of us make daily decisions for our life. 
And each and every one of us make those decisions based on a couple of factors. You make those decisions because of the, because of the way you grew up. That's how your grandma did it. That's how you're going to do it. You make decisions based on your education, what someone taught you, or your training. My, my, my dad was uh, in the military in Vietnam, and so you wake an ex-military person up different than you wake everybody else up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, hey, dad. Hey, dad. The reason why is because of his training, if he's abruptly awakened, he comes out in a full-on try-to-kill-you stance. And he's literally, as a junior high kid, almost knocked me out a couple of times, you know, because I got too close to the bed and tried to wake him up. And, 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 and that was based on his training. Some of you make decisions based on your emotional state in that moment. We all make decisions based on background, uh, uh, tr- uh, traditions, emotional state. We make our decisions and we are being led by our experiences as we make those decisions. My goal with today's teaching is to help you make your decisions from the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because he's supposed to lead you. He's supposed to guide you. He's supposed to teach us. And so learning to stay in step with him and let him lead us, it has to be one of the most difficult tasks. So since we've been connecting this to dancing, I've got a little video illustration of Jamie and I learning to dance and me being the leader and her learning to follow me. So let's play that for him for just a second. So it's our second class, and Coach has put me in charge. I'm going to be playing the role of the Holy Spirit, who's going to be leading the dance steps. I'm pretty excited about that because I'm a pretty good dancer, and, uh, and I'm a really good leader. And uh, I just know that Jamie's going to do a great job at following my lead because that's the real hard part in the dancing is who's leading and who's following. And so I, I'm just really excited about it. I think you're going to do great. I think it'll be interesting. No, 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 like that. No, you need to do it like this. No, I thought the coach said like that. Listen, I'm the leader. You're supposed to follow. Come on, give it up. So, so, so the hard part for Jamie was learning uh, my leading, my movements. And, um, and, you know, were I the real Holy Spirit, it would have been a lot easier because I would have been a better leader. Um, but since I'm learning to dance as well, she's having to learn uh, based on my leading and my inabilities. Holy Spirit doesn't have that problem. But what, one of the things the coach was teaching us is that, Jamie, when Adam moves his hand like this, that means you need to come this way. Or when he's holding your hand and he moves you like that, then you go that way based on his leading. Those of you that have ever rode horses, you know, just by nudging him on, with your inner thigh or pushing that, 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 that horse on, in the inner thigh, telling it to go this way. Or with the reins, just lightly learning the movement and learning the expectation of the leader. And the big issue is, will we let him lead us? And will we respond? And this is a difficult task, but it is the role of a son or daughter of God. For those who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. Those who are not led by the Spirit, those who are led by their emotions, those who are led by tradition, those who are led by what the media says, those who are led by all these other experiences, they are not sons and daughters of God. Proof that we're sons and daughters of God is that we are led by the Holy Spirit. So learning to follow 
It's so difficult. Wouldn't you agree? Say yes. And so as a result, I want to give you a couple thoughts today and teach you. So how, do, so how do I follow the Holy Spirit? So let me give you a couple good teachings that will help you today on how to follow the Holy Spirit, what I've learned over the years and at what the Scripture says. So number one, the first, the first step in how to follow the Holy Spirit is that you have to resign to being led. You have to let Him lead which is a difficult task for those of you that are uncomfortable with the person of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we started last week. He's God. He loves you. He's gentle. And allowing him to lead you and just resign to the fact, I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Every Christian in this room right now, under your breath, need to say, I resign to the fact that the Holy Spirit can lead me. You need to let him lead you and just say, I'll be led. I'll let you do it. And once you do that, then what happens is then you start learning his language and his body language. And Paul, uh, we see this situation with Paul in Acts chapter 16, verses 7 through 10. Paul is trying, he's on his missionary journey, and he's trying to go into Asia. And the scripture says that the Holy Spirit literally stops him from doing it. So let's pick up in verse 7 and uh, all the way to verse 10. It says, and when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, uh, but the Spirit of Jesus, talking about the Holy Spirit, would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul was heading in a direction, and the Holy Spirit moved him this way. Because Paul said, I will allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. I want to do this, but I feel the Holy Spirit pulling me away from that. So he pauses, and he doesn't go into Asia. And then that night, the Holy Spirit gives him a vision, gives him a prophetic vision. And he sees a man from Macedonia saying, come, preach to us over here. And it says when he got up the next morning, he started packing everything up. So we're going to Macedonia, concluding that God was sending them there instead of to Asia. Can I explain something to you? Had Paul refuted the Holy Spirit and went into Asia, you would not be a Christian today. Because 2,000 years ago, the gospel, because of Paul, began to move into Europe. You have been affected by the European mission movement. You are each and every one of us because the gospel went westward. Had it gone eastward to Asia, China would have been Christians first. All the Asian nations would have been, and we would have been in the situation like a Vietnam or a China or something like that, not really knowing the gospel and having come now 2,000 years later to us. Are you with me? Say yes. Because he resigned the fact, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. I'm going to go where he tells me to go. First step, if you're going to learn to stay in step with the Holy Spirit, if you've got to learn to move with him, say, what do I do? First thing you've got to do is say, my life's not my own. You can lead me wherever you want me to go. That was a tough call for me because I wanted to be a very wealthy businessman. That was my plan. I had an uncle who was going to set me up for success. My uncle was the youngest millionaire in the city of Baton Rouge, the capital city where I'm from. And he loved me, and he had all intentions of making me a successful businessman. I would have been wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. That was my dream. That was my goal. That was my, my direction. But the Spirit of the Lord called me into the ministry. And I had that moment where I had to decide, will I follow or will I do my own thing? And the moment that I said yes, it's the reason we're here today. Isn't that good? Say yes. So you've got to stop and say, Holy Spirit, lead me where any direction you want me to go. My life is not my own. I'll follow you. Here's the second way or second thing I would teach you. How do I follow the Holy Spirit? Here's my second answer to that is you need to determine to learn 
his leadings. I could have said it, you need to determine to learn his language. I could have said it in a different but you need to determine to learn his leadings, okay? So every dance instructor has a little bit different way that they will lead you. Maybe they will verbalize more. Left, 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 right, 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 right. leg up to the side. Others will just touch you and push you and nudge you and you have to learn how the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. And I want to give you a couple key factors so you can know, yes, that's the Holy Spirit leading me. A couple key ways to know this is the Holy Spirit always. There's some general teachings that you need to know and then there's some specific things. For me, sometimes I I just get a sense in the back of my mind. Sometimes I've had literally my, my hands feel like they're on fire. And I know I'm supposed to pray for that person. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not making a doctrine of it. That's between me and him personally. But there are some general pieces that you can know this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me because they should line up in a couple of things. Number one, they should line up, if you will, under learning his leadings. Number one, they should line up with the scriptures. Somebody ought to say amen. Come on, that's a good place. Have you ever said, well, I just felt like the Lord told me to do that. Yeah, but the Bible says the opposite. How, How can you go do that when the Bible says the opposite? The same Holy Spirit that wrote the Holy Scriptures is supposedly told you to do this and it contradicts what he wrote in the Scriptures? Why would he do that? That would, that would be a kingdom divided itself against itself and Jesus said it can't stand. And so if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then you know, oh, that's not the Lord. I just had too much pizza last night. Well, that's not the Lord. That person's crazy. I don't know why they told me to do that. Okay? Here's a second way you can tell that the Holy Spirit is in it and that he's telling you to do that in his leadings. It's because he will speak it to your heart. Hebrews 8.10 says it like this. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. You get this sense. When, before I was a Christian, I was not convicted one bit of cussing you, stealing from you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are still there. I, 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 didn't have, I didn't have any qualms about being a pervert. or anything. I didn't think it was perverted. I didn't have any problems getting drunk, doing drugs. I wouldn't have had any problems with that. And then when I gave my life to Christ and I went down to that altar and I got saved and they water baptized, came out of that and the Spirit of the Lord came inside of me, all of a sudden, I would go to do my old things. It wasn't, it's just the way I did life. I'd go to steal something and all of a sudden I'd feel bad about it. Like, what? Where did that come from? I'd never read the Bible. I didn't grow up in a Christian home where I knew right from wrong. Where did that come from? It says, and he will write his word on our hearts. The Spirit of the Lord was convicting me. It was an internal sense, feeling. You say, well, doesn't everybody have that? No, they don't. You say, well, I do. Yeah, probably because you had a grandma who prayed for you, and you grew up in a home that at least you knew what truth was, even if you didn't submit to it or not. But for, for the majority of humanity, no, that's not the case. They didn't grow up knowing that right from wrong. And when we became Christians, all of a sudden we felt convicted about stuff we used to enjoy. I tell you, I couldn't be a pervert anymore. I just hated it. I got miserable. Because the Spirit of the Lord, He's writing His ways on my heart. And I want you to understand, that can look like this. It could be a nudge. It can be a sense. It can be a feeling. But that's him writing on your heart. I'll I'll give you an example of this. I was in Applebee's years ago, and I was sitting across the table from this pastor, and I was trying to help him. He's an older man. His church was dying off. It wasn't doing well. People were leaving, and and his church was getting older, and no new people were coming in. So he sat down. He says, "Tell tell me how I can be better pastor. And here I'm a young guy. I'm like, okay. And so I'm teaching him about small group life and just getting out in the community and actually loving people, not just preaching at people, but actually going and doing life with people. And as we're talking, all of a sudden, off to the side, it's the middle of the day. It's at Applebee's, and all of a sudden, all the workers come circling around. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. Happy, happy birthday from the Applebee's crew. Hey, like that. And then all of a sudden, the biggest 
coolest, I mean smoothest black dude in the whole place goes, and may all your dreams come true. And when he does that, everybody in Apple is like, yeah. And so I'm sitting there, obviously, got my attention. I'm so ADDDDD. And so I'm looking at him. And I turn back to the pastor and said, that dude right there is called to be a youth pastor. I'm going to tell you that right now. And as soon as I said it, his word on my heart, the nudging of the Holy Spirit, that internal peace, all of a sudden I felt this, that's exactly right, and I want you to tell him that. Now, now you got to understand, I'm a little short, fat, white guy. I'm not going to tell a big, bowed-up black dude, hey, dude, whatever you're doing is wrong, you're supposed to be a youth pastor. I'm not doing it. I'm just not, it's not, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I'm feeling this pressure. All of a sudden, my sweat glands open up. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever had to go out on stage when you weren't comfortable to do? All of a sudden, and I'm not scared of much of anything. And, and I just can't, I'm fighting. I say, I, no, that's not, I bind you in Jesus' name. I bind that, it's not the Lord. And I just, and all of a sudden he comes walking. I'm seeing him like, no, no. He gets closer and closer. I'm like, no, no. And the guy's looking at me across the table at me like, you okay? You having a seizure? What's wrong with you? And then he gets right close, and all of a sudden, I just, I felt it. I felt the Spirit of the Lord just, now! And I go, excuse me, sir! And he stops, and he goes, yes, yeah, can I help you with something? And in that moment, I had a sense that he was like the assistant manager. It's probably because he had the assistant manager right there on his tag right there. I don't know how prophetic it was. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm like, um, hey, I saw what you did over there. He goes, yeah, I know. Yeah, anything to make the customers happy, right? I was like, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, and he's looking at me like, and? Like, I got stuff to do, and I'm scared to death. I can't, it won't come out. I'm telling, I'm like, <laughs> and, and he finally, I can't take it anymore. I'm so embarrassed. And the, and the pastor across the table is looking at me. In fact, he was a spirit-filled dude, so he started, <laughs> tongues under his breath, <laughs> and, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at the guy, finally I just said, bruh, <sighs> the Holy Spirit's like, turn, 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 I'm like, no, 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 turn, and finally I go, bro, I'm a Christian, and uh, he goes, okay, and I said, listen, uh, when you were doing that right there, like, like I saw it, and I was like, oh, ha, ha, and I turned it. And, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that you're called to be a youth pastor. He said, what? <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I feel like <clears throat> you're big, bro. You're a really big guy. <laughs> I feel like the Holy Spirit <clears throat> told me to tell you you're called to be a youth pastor. And he sits down. He pushes me aside. He said, he said, you're a pastor, aren't you? I was like, dang, I wasn't going to tell you that part. <laughs> I said, yeah. He goes, he said, you know, it's just been hard, man. He said, I got my girlfriend pregnant. and I got, We got a kid. We're not together. and So I'm working this job. He said, now what did you say to me again? This time he's got tears coming down his cheek. So I'm like, the Lord told me <laughs> to tell you, brother, because <laughs> you know, he's, he's crying, you know, that you're called to be a youth pastor. He said, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He goes, last night, I couldn't sleep about 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm flipping through the channels, you know, and I come through. You know that channel with all the, the crazy Christian people, you know, the one with the hair and the eyelashes and all that? I was like, no, I've never seen that channel. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, yeah. So I look at him like, that's a blank and fake. 
He said, this whole, that, that whole thing's a mess. I can't believe they take those people's money. And he goes, and then I went to change the channel. I felt like I heard this voice. I said, no, it's not. And so he said, then I said, God, if you're up there and you got a plan for my life, you tell me tomorrow while I'm at work and I'll do it. And he looked at me and goes, and here you are. And that was last night. And here we are. And you said I'm supposed to be a what? I'm like, you're supposed to be a youth pastor. He's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do anything God wants. I prayed with him to get saved right there. And he gave his life to Jesus right there. And then we committed to find him a place to go get trained so he could be a youth pastor. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand? That was just, I'm learning his moves. And now, for every one of those, I've got 18,000 that I was like, nope. And some of you know what I'm talking about. So I'm just talking about now, I'm under the point on how do, how do we learn the way he leads us? So number one, the scripture will confirm it, the Holy Spirit. Number three, a prophetic word. First Thessalonians talks about, uh, you'll see it there, um, that do not despise prophecy or treat prophecies with contempt. God will put someone in your life that will have a prophetic word at times. Literally say, man, I feel like God told me to tell you this, like I had for this young man who was there at working at Applebee's. And so the Lord will give people prophetic words and give them senses that they're supposed to tell you. And, and the Bible says not to despise it. But here's the thing I teach people about the prophetic word. You should never, ever, ever, ever give your will over to a prophetic word. If it does not bear witness, it doesn't make sense to you, and you go, yes, that's God. See, prophecy is only supposed to confirm what God's already dealing with you in your heart. It's not supposed to tell you what to go do. And you're like, no, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to. Because the reason why is because people are human. And as they're trying to move in the gifts of God, they can get it all messed up and then mess up your world. I can't tell you how many people I've heard of. You know, the prophetic guy told me that I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to go do this. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You hate that. I don't know. I just God said. Well, did he really? So test the, that's why the Bible says test the prophecies. But there is a place for that in the leading of the Holy Spirit. You learning his ways, he'll, he'll literally, he'll give prophetic words to you. Here's, a, here's the next way to kind of know that it's him speaking to you, or kind of way to judge some of those pieces. And that is number four, and that is godly counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory secure. We did not purchase this facility without wise counsel. We sat around. We sought the Lord. I didn't go do it because I'd been praying for a situation like this for three years. When it came and it happened and and, and Pastor David contacted me and said, bro, we're going to merge with someone else. Our facilities are going to come available. I was inside. I was going crazy. Yes, and answered my prayer. But I didn't just go do it because the Lord told me. I sat down then with wise counsel and said, do you have witness about that? Do you see that this is, because it's going to cost us something. What if we can't finance it? And we had wise counsel. Listen, let me explain something to you. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and you've got to learn his ways and learn his techniques. And And so it comes back to scripture, prophetic word the nudging of the Holy Spirit within you, wise counsel. And then the last one that I would give you, and that is the peace of God. The peace of God. If, pe- if you don't have peace, it's not the Holy Spirit leading you because he will lead you, Colossians says, into all peace. He will lead you. You say, well, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted, but he had peace in the middle of it. That doesn't mean that it, will, it, it won't be hard. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking that you will never have difficulty. Listen, I've had the most worthless moments of my life that the Holy Spirit led me into, but I had peace in the middle of it. I knew he wanted me there. I didn't have a word of anything different. And he led me into that, and he led me out of that, and he walked me through, learning to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. For those 
who are full of the Spirit of God, or led by the Spirit of God, are sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by their own sin nature are not sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by tradition, not so, those who are led by the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm trying to teach you about the greatest gift God could ever give you, the person of the Holy Spirit. And we as Christians, being put, throwing him off in the corner, I'm not comfortable with him, I don't know, I heard some bad things. Listen, you need to embrace the Holy Spirit and let him lead you so that you and I can be sons and daughters. So back to our pieces. So, so I, I started into this on teaching you how to determine uh, that, uh, excuse me, how to, uh, how to follow the Holy Spirit. Number one, resign to being led. Number two, determine to learn his leadings. And then I've been teaching you some pieces on how he leads. And then number three, here's the third thing that you and I need to do. We need to embrace the frustration of stumbling. You need to embrace it. I know people in this room who are called to move in healing, and prophetic, but because they made mistakes over the years, they stumbled at it, they quit. And so the Holy Spirit can't lead them anymore. He's trying to lead you. Some of you have a gift, literally, for finances to help other people because you stumbled and you lost a business and had to file bankruptcy, so you quit because you had a stumble. Friend, can I tell you something? You cannot learn to dance without stumbling. You cannot. When you see these guys and they're dancing with the stars, they're tripping all over each other. You need to embrace the fact you're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. It's part of learning. You can't learn anything without making mistakes. I was 21, 22 years old. Been in the ministry since I was 19. I was working at a mega church. We got a phone call that a young adult had been in a terrible motorcycle accident. He was on one of these crotch rockets doing about 120. Lost control. In ICU, probably not going to live. The family came to church on Easter and Sundays, I mean, and, and Christmas. We didn't know these people, but supposedly they came to our church. And so they asked that a pastor would come. So they sent me as the young adult pastor. I showed up. Everyone's in the waiting room crying, wigging out, waiting for them to declare that he's dead. When I showed up, they were like, they from a Catholic background. So as a result, you know, they thought I was like a priest. And somehow I was closer to God than any other human on the planet because I was there and and treated me as such, and I, I, I was, you know, they're like, will you go pray for him and speak a blessing and call a blessing on him and save his life? And I said, well, I will pray for him, but I don't have the power to save lives. That's, that's Christ and Christ alone. And so, uh, so they wouldn't let anybody else in ICU, but because I'm a minister and, have my, and, you know, went back there and I started praying for him and laid hands on him. And when I tell you, he's got tubes in his nose and his throat. I mean, this kid's, the machines are keeping him alive. And as I'm praying for him, I feel like the Spirit of the Lord tells me he will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. I get pretty excited about it. I go out in the lobby when I'm finished praying for him. And they said, you know, what happened? And I said, listen, I was praying for him. And I feel like the Lord told me to tell you he will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. Well, they got all excited. They started hugging and kissing and hugging me. And, you know, these are good Cajun people. So they kiss you everywhere when you, you know, on the lips, on the nose, on the cheek. I mean... Don't mess with a Cajun mama. She'll kiss you all over the place. And so, and so, uh, and so, so they were so excited. And so I finished up there and I went back to the church and, you know, got off for that day. Later in the day, you know, that next morning, I got a call by the executive pastor, brought me into his office. This, this, this family was uh, highly upset, was going to the news media because that son had died that night. He didn't live. He died. And he said, they said that you said he would live. And he didn't. I said, well, I just... I, I thought that that's what I heard from the Lord. And he goes, well, you obviously missed the Lord. I was like, obviously. And it destroyed that family. They probably never went back to God. They probably walked away from God and said they're all hypocrites. They're all fake because of their pain. And I could have easily have said, I'll never try again. And I didn't for about two years. I didn't. The Lord told me to do something. I ain't doing it because it hurt people. 
But had I not gotten back and trying to follow the Holy Spirit and let Him lead me, we wouldn't be here today. There are thousands around the nations of the world healed and delivered because I got back up on the horse and I started learning to dance with the Holy Spirit again. I started learning to stay in step with Him. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. And, 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 it, and as you're learning and you trip, you, you may bump the guy next to you and knock him off of his path a little bit. But here's the key component. You say, I'm sorry. I was just doing my best to serve God. And, and I realized that what I did in trying to figure out God's ways, that I bumped you off a little bit. And I made a How many preachers have we heard stand up and say, God told us to do this. And six months later, it's failing miserably. And instead of getting up and saying, guys, we missed it. I was doing my best, but I missed it. They won't do it. They'll start manipulating. Well, y'all didn't pray enough. I had one prophet say, well, so-and-so got elected president because I prophesied that he wouldn't. But y'all didn't pray enough. That's why it didn't happen. Friend, what he should have done is stood up and said, I missed it, guys. I was doing my best. I'm just trying to fall in step like everybody else, and I stumbled a little bit, and I'm back up, and I'm trying to get back in step. Friend, this is a part of the whole relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to stay in step, that means you're going to step on his toes sometimes. It means he's, he's, you're going to knock him down. Sometimes you're going to push him away in frustration and have to come back and say, I'm so sorry, Holy Spirit. Friend, this is what it looks like. You have to embrace the fact that you might make some mistakes and you might stumble along the way, or you'll never come in relationship with him. You'll stop halfway into it and say, I can't do it. I can't do it. I quit. I'm not going to do it. I quit. How do I follow the Holy Spirit? So number one, let him lead you. Number two, learn his ways. Learn his, you know, his leadings. Number three, embrace the frustration of stumbling. And number four, you need to practice every day. Every day. If you've ever watched that reality show, Dancing with the Stars, see, the reason why it's a reality show is because they follow around the cameras with them as they're learning and practicing. Do you know they practice between six and eight hours a day? Six and eight hours a day. If you did, if you, if you did something that you were horrible at and you practiced six, eight hours a day, I guarantee you, and within a year or two, you're going to become an expert in that. Right? And so that's why I'm communicating to you about when it's learning to move with the Holy Spirit and, and it's a practicing. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall over yourself. You have to wake up every day. I wake up every day. Holy Spirit, how would you lead me today? Do you have a word for the person at Walmart standing in line next to me? What would you like me to do about this situation at the church? I don't know what to do about it. What about this family that can't stand this family and one of them's going to leave the church because they got, how would you like, how can I, I can't fix that. You know, she's a butt and he's a butt. I don't know how to fix all that. How are we going to do that? Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Would you guide me? And that's when he'll give me a word. That's when he'll give me something out of scripture. That's when he'll do something in their life and something will happen and they'll say, oh, because he leads. As I just simply say, I need you, but I'm practicing every day. I want to give you proof that you're being led by the Holy Spirit. You say, how do I know if I'm really being led by the Holy Spirit? Here's the proof according to Scripture. We find this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. It says, but the fruit or the proof of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can I tell you something? When you're losing your mind and cussing your kids, you are not being led by the Holy Spirit. You say, duh. (laughs) No, 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 no. Not duh. Look right there. It's laid out. You don't have peace. You don't have patience. You're so mad at your coworker. That's not the Spirit of the Lord leading you to try to uh, get back at them. Patience. Letting God do it. God will fix it. God will deal with it. Now I'm being led by the Spirit. How do I know know that I'm being led by the Spirit? Because I should have that fruit proof of that. How do I know it's an orange tree? It gives off oranges. 
How do I know it's an apple? It gives all apples. It's proof that that's an apple tree. You can call it an apple tree all day long. I mean, uh, you know, Home Depot can say it was, and then you planted it, and then it, and it gave you apricots. You're like, what? But the sticker said. Doesn't matter what the sticker said. What did it give off? And so we are sons and daughters of the Most High God because the Holy Spirit, we're following Him. We're staying in step with Him. And as a result, the fruit that we give off should be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, it's not the Spirit of the Lord causing you to hook up with your girl before you're married and have sex with her. It says self-control is proof that the Spirit of the Lord is leading you. That's not the, don't blame it on the Holy Spirit. Don't blame it on God. Well, God wanted me to do it. He wouldn't have, if he didn't want me to do it, he wouldn't have made me this way. That, no, 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 no. You're full of sin, like all of us. And it has to be crucified, like we all do. And we have to submit to walking and staying in step with the Holy Spirit. It it's really sounds a lot easier, I know, when I'm preaching it. <laughs> but waking up every day and saying, I'm going to have patience with you, my nine-year-old, who has never cleaned the dish in the dish in the sink yet she just throws them in there and yesterday I was looking at her as she came running in threw her dish in and went running I was like excuse me <clears throat> before I murder you <laughs> let me since I'm preaching on being like the Holy Spirit letting the Holy Spirit leave me sweetheart would you come back here oh listen let me show you again for the 20,000th time Here's how you turn on the water in the sink. Look at that. And here's the sponge. You just scrub it. Oh, you can do it. Now you try it a little bit. I'm having patience like the Holy Spirit would have me. And not like I would have done it. And that is, wow, wow, wow. No, anyway, sorry. Like my grandma always said. I had this issue with men, preachers with white shoes. Because my grandmother said, don't ever trust a preacher with white shoes. If you, I'm telling you, if you were a guest speaker at our church and you came out with white shoes, I left. Mm, he's a devil. Why is he? I don't know. Grandma said. And that guided me. It was one of my guiding factors, whether a dude was a legit Christian preacher or whether he was a fake, you know. And, and it, Because Grandma said, now, I don't know what Grandma might, I don't know, some white patent shoes dude came and preached at her church and was a devil. And from that point forward, she has now profiled all white patent shoes preachers as devils. I don't know what happened there, but that guided me for the longest time. Some of you got weird stuff like that guiding you too. Don't look all holy at me. Come on now. And what we have to do is learn to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. There should be proof that there's love and there's joy, there's peace. I want you to think about the situation that's frustrating you right now. Where has the Holy Spirit tried to lead you in or out of that situation? And because you've not allowed him to lead you, you are frustrated, you're angry, you don't have joy, you don't have peace. Man, I've been there recently, today at some point, I'm sure. And each and every one of us, as we learn to come and step with the Holy Spirit, as we get better and better and better, you'll look up one day and you will do what he said you would do. You will heal the sick. You will raise the dead. You will cast out devils. You will change the world. But you've got to learn, and I have to learn, to come and step and get in step with the Holy Spirit. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Would you stand with me all across the room? You guys have been magnificent today, and I love you so dearly. And I know it's a great challenge to learn how to come in step with the Holy Spirit. But friend, can I tell you something? These guys that you see with these big ministries, you say, I don't know how they do it. I don't, I don't know. How in the world did he know that? The same Holy Spirit that lives in you lives in him. 
How is he able to, to know that about that person? Give them that prophetic word. The same spirit that lives in you lives in him or her. They just learned to come in step. So this is our challenge this month. How do we come in step with the Holy Spirit? Hopefully some of the things that I've taught you today will help you. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads right where you stand with me for a moment? Our starting point for responding to the Lord today and to His Holy Spirit, to the person of the Holy Spirit, each and every one of us need to start right here by saying, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you lead me. And I want you right under your breath, right where you stand, to decide I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. I'm going to let, I'm going to let Him lead me. He's going to lead me. Not tell him what I want, not tell him how to do it, but I'm going to let, let him lead me. And I promise you, as you resign the fact that he's the leader and you're not, that you're taking the following role and let him take the leadership role in this dance, then you'll start learning, and this is my prayer, that you'll start learning, and I want you right where you stand, say, teach me, teach me your ways. You'll start learning his nudgings, his turnings, his voice will become clear to you. The way you'll be able to judge that if it's him or not is because it'll line up with the scripture. There'll be wise counsel that has agreement to it. You'll have that part of inside, that Holy Spirit inside nudging. You'll have peace in it. That's how you'll know it's him. And that'll become more and more critical to you and more and more important to you. Instead of the opinions of others, instead of some daydream from back in second grade that you're trying to fulfill somehow that's not even the purpose of your life you'll start being led and friend can I tell you the safest place for a Christian to be in is in the following position where the Holy Spirit's leading and we're following oh I know it's a tough place it's hard for me on a daily basis but I'm getting better and one day you're going to look at me and say that Pastor Adam boy he can dance with the Holy Ghost he is so amazing one day I'll look at you and say, wow, it's like you're so much in step with the Holy Spirit. I see the peace on you. I see the joy, no matter how bad it is, you seem to have joy. And look how patient you are before you would have killed him. Oh my goodness. I can tell that you're really letting the Holy Spirit lead you because look at how kind you are now. Wow, you weren't like that before. Father, I pray for every man and woman in our congregation, everyone watching by way of the live stream, those that are watching, Lord God, later as this has been recorded, I pray right now in Jesus' name that we would resign ourselves. Holy Spirit, come and lead us. Come and lead us. I take away, I hand the steering wheel to you. You drive us where you want to go. You nudge me which direction you want me to go. I will follow. Come on, will you say that under your breath? I will follow you, Holy Spirit. Would you say that? I will make that a declaration right where you stand. I will follow you wherever you lead. Father, I thank you right now for your kindness by pouring out the Holy Spirit on us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us and leading us. And I thank you right now, Lord God, that you're going you're gonna to transform all of us. Lord, we're going to stop trying to be good and not be bad, and we're going to just start following the Holy Spirit. And from that, all of our dreams are going to come true. For you put those dreams in our heart. Now, if you'll keep your head bowed and your eye closed for just a moment, I want to give a call to anyone in this room that say, Pastor, i got to be honest, I'm not a real Christian. I'm not sure if I died today if I go to heaven. I, you know, I appreciate you talking all about the dancing thing, this Holy Spirit thing, but I'll be honest with you, I don't even know God. I mean, I've, I've been to church, and, and maybe when I, you were a kid, maybe you said a prayer or something, but to be honest with you, you're not best friends with him now. You don't really know him. Friend, i got good news for you. That didn't, that's, not, that, that's not an end result. He's here. He drew you here. Come on, you weren't surprised. You went to church. You knew what you were getting into. You want him in your heart. 
You just need to take the next step and confess Him as your Lord and Savior and give Him full reign of your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're not a Christian or you used to be and you walked away and you want to come home to the Lord, I want to pray with you. No one's looking. It's just you and me and God. You say, okay, well, what do I have to do? Well, that's the beautiful thing. He did it all. He died on a cross. He paid it forward. All your sins have already been prepaid for. You say, well, okay, well, then what do I do? The Bible says it like this. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I want to lead you in a prayer of confession, of making him Lord, of admitting that you're a sinner, that you need his help. And once you ask, he says he will respond. He can't force his way into your life. He won't do it. He loves you too much. He won't force himself on you. But if you want him and you ask for him, he will come here and now. With no one looking around, if you're not a Christian or you're away from God and you want to come back to the Lord, you want me to pray with you, no one's looking, just throw your hand up right now and admit that. Say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me across the room. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Pray for me. I'll give you about three seconds and we're going to move on. I'm going to stand here and, uh, and, 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 and belabor the point. I just want you to have an opportunity. Anyone else? Thank you. God bless you. You can put it back down. Quickly throw it up. About two more seconds. Throw your hand up and admit that. Say, I need the Lord in my life, Pastor. Amen. It's been a number of you. You can put your hands down. Now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of asking him to forgive you. And he's going to come, and he's send his Holy Spirit to live and dwell within you and guide you and teach you from this point forward. But it starts with an admittance and crying out for his help. In fact, I'd like everyone in the audience to pray this prayer out loud with those who lifted their hand. And you guys who lifted your hand, mean it with all of your heart. Say it like this. Say, Jesus. Today, I admit, I'm a sinner. I need your help. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Jesus, I declare you are my Lord. I ask you, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Would you keep your head bowed for a moment? Father, I pray for every man and woman who lifted their hand. Who, Lord God, maybe said that prayer but didn't quite get their hand all the way up. But they want you in their life. I pray right now in Jesus' name. They would feel and sense your peace. The peace of God. Just knowing it's okay. It's done. It's over. That, Lord God, they crossed over and they went from the old way of living to a new way. And, Lord, they're not going to have all the answers yet. They're going to stumble their way through it and learn. But you're going to teach them. Holy Spirit, you're going to wrap them in your arms and they'll never be the same. They'll never be the same. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Would you do me one more favor? Would you reach across the aisle, grab hands with that person next to you? My cry to the Lord is that we would be a church. The church is not a building. It's not a meeting. It's you and me. That we would be a church that would allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And would you just pray for the person on either side of you for the next 60 seconds that they would come to a place where they're comfortable letting the Holy Spirit lead them. That they would submit themselves and they would let the, and that they would understand His voice. And where there have been misappropriations of the Holy Spirit, that, that those lies would just cease and that they would begin to trust the Holy Spirit to lead them again. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for people on either side of us. I pray right now in Jesus' name that this would be the most Spirit-led church in the whole United States of America. Father, I pray that our people would hear you speaking to them in the night. Holy Spirit, that they would hear you talking to them and saying, left right now, right right now, don't do that, don't sign that paperwork, no, 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 back off of that. Go ahead and tell him you're sorry. Go ahead and ask her her forgiveness. Don't put that on Facebook. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that we would become so in tune with the Holy Spirit 
Spirit, that we can keep those dance steps right in line, that our feet go where His feet go, that our body moves where His body moves, that our hands are where His hands are, and that our voice is saying what He's saying. In the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit come and reign and rule in our lives. For those of us who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. I pray right now for the leading of the Holy Spirit, the understanding of it. I rebuke every fear, every doubt, every stronghold of the mind, which says, I don't know, is that the Spirit of the Lord, or is that just me, or is that just what the preacher wants? I pray right now for clarity. Holy Spirit, speak clearly. Show them clearly. Lead them confidently. And Lord, may they give themselves to the workings of the Holy Spirit all their days. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout it, amen and amen.